Hi, it's Meji. Welcome back to the third episode of The Meji Show. Um, today, we're going to be talking about food and our relationships with food and how to make our relationships with food better. Um, so I want to start off with talking about my story in terms of my relationship with food. I was diagnosed with anorexia last summer, um, and I had had anorexia before that for about two to three years. Um and, you know, that just consisted of counting my calories daily to an obsessive extent and eating a significantly lower amount of calories than I should have been eating, punishing myself on days that I ate more the day before by eating much, much less the day after, um, obsessively worrying about my body and the way that it looked and the way that people saw my body, and, you know, just getting, I, for, I mean, not fortunately, but um, I come from a naturally thin family. Like, I wouldn't say I'm, like, I'm not, like, model thin, but, you know, I'm, I have a bit more of an athletic build. I'm definitely not skinny, but I think I'm, I'm healthy for my size. I'll just put it that way. I do have thin privilege. Like, I've never had to worry about, like, will a seatbelt fit me or anything like that. So I do have thin privilege, and I want to acknowledge that and say that I think that one of the main reasons that my family and the people around me acknowledged that I was anorexic was because I showed physical signs of it. I was, you know, not only did I have hair falling out and lanugo and nails were brittle, but I was extremely, extremely, extremely thin. Um, I don't want to trigger anyone, but I got down to like 96 pounds before I started recovery. Um, <clears throat> and I only, I, the last time I knew my weight before my most previous doctor's appointment, which was last week, was um, a long time ago, based, I think maybe last June. Um, and then I, you know, I couldn't know it anymore because I would just obsess, obsess, obsess over it. And I think the biggest thing for me with anorexia was just the obsessive thoughts about food. Um, growing up, I've always been very ambitious in terms of, you know, what I want to be, what I want to be when I grow up, um, what I want to do in school, what do I want to accomplish academically, um, extra in, in terms of extracurriculars. I just, and I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I won't, you know, I won't deny it. Um, I like things to be perfect. And so having perfect grades and having the perfect body was definitely a, a big thing to me. But I also had some trauma that I didn't know how to deal with. And I also had um, an undiagnosed and unmedicated generalized anxiety disorder. So that was just running rampant in my head. And I don't mean, uh, when I'm saying this, I don't mean that like my experience was worse or better than anyone else's. It was just different than everyone else's, you know. Um, no one's eating disorder is worse or better than another than another person's eating disorder. You just can't rank them in that extent. They're just different and they're founded off of different situations. Even though some people's might have, you know, similarities. I have a friend who had a similar experience to me, um, and she had undiagnosed um, generalized anxiety disorder. And so that just made her thoughts and her perfectionist tendencies to run more wild, like-minded. Um, and it got to the point that my thoughts about food were controlling me instead of me controlling them. I wanted to stop losing weight. I wanted to start getting better, but I just couldn't. I just kept losing and I kept losing. 
Um, and it got to the point that um, my mom was like, you got to see a nutritionist. You know, she's, it was really my mom who made me recover. I don't know where I would be without my mom to this day because she saved my life by being like, we got to go to the doctor. You got to go see a nutritionist and you're going to eat, you know, things that I plan out for you. And you're not going to be in control of your food anymore. Um, and that was huge to me. And I think I've maintained, I've been maintaining a healthy weight for about almost nine months. Um, I was rate restored by last, that by the end of last October. Um, so that's great. I'm coming off of my anniversary. It's very exciting. But that's not to say I'm fully recovered. Weight restoration does not mean that you're fully recovered in any sense. I still deal, I still deal with very, very, very obsessive thoughts about food. Um, especially at like specific times of the year in which traumatic things happened in my past and I'm dealing with like leftover emotions and I'm dealing with leftover trauma. So anyways, I wanted to talk about how like no matter where you are in life, like bad body image days will always occur and wanting to emotionally eat will always, you know, at least for me, emotional eating is like it's very common for me. I emotionally eat a lot because I think it's just that I get nervous. And then, you know, if I was like in a movie theater and I like had a bracelet on and I was getting really, really anxious in the movie theater about something, I would start like snapping that bracelet. And for me, it's kind of like a similar thing with food in terms of emotional eating. If I'm in my kitchen and I'm having a mental breakdown and I feel like, you know what, I just got to eat some peanut butter crackers right now. Like, that's what I do. Um, it's kind of like just me wanting to take out my energy on something. And I take it out on anything that's around me. Um, and that could be food if I'm in the right place. Or it could be, like, writing insanely fast if I'm taking a test in school. I'll just, I'll just do the test faster. So, it you know, obviously it comes from a surge of anxiety. And the thing that I'm trying to work on the most at this moment in my life is trying to calm and control my own anxiety. Because if I've learned anything this year, it's that I can't control the actions of others, but I can control my own actions. And my own actions include how I speak to myself and how I treat myself and how I take care of myself. And those are the most important things to me at this moment in time, speaking to myself kindly, taking care of myself well enough, and you know, treating myself in a very healthy way I like to I like to put it as in you know you really have to be if you have a good relationship with your mom you will get this if you have a bad relationship with your mom if you don't have a mom um think about something think about someone who is very um important to you in your life very protective of you you know um tries to help take care of you as much as possible and if you don't have someone like that think about someone that you look up to um, that, you know, seems like a very nice person. Um, and I, you know, when I say mom, I mean like a protective person that's trying to take care of you and helps you take care of yourself. You really have to be your own mom. I have the most amazing relationship with my mom. Um, so that's how I put it. You really have to be your own mom. You're the only person that's going to be there for you. Like always, you know, you're, you have your own head and you're always going to be in your own head. So, you know, you have to try to make it a nice place to be. And in terms of emotional eating, that comes in in offering yourself some compassion. 
So, and and I'm not specifically referring to binge eating because I feel like that's a whole other, it's a eating disorder that doesn't get enough attention and doesn't get enough help often because people are just jerks. And I I really, you know, people are just jerks. That's all I have to say about it. Um, I think binge eating should get so much more attention. I think it's such a serious eating disorder that no one talks about. Um, or no one cares about and people view it as a self-control issue well if you just had some self-control you wouldn't have eaten that whole bag of potato you know and I'm saying whole bag of potato I obviously know that you're eating much much more you're consuming thousands of calories within a very short period of time Um, but that's just what came off the top of my head Um, anyways I think it's you know and I'm not trying to advise on like binge eating or anything. I'm just specifically talking about emotional eating. It's more small scale. Um, typically, smaller emotions are being dealt with at the time. And it's not um, a very reoccurring process. It's it's kind of few and far between. Um, and that's just that's just my view of it again. And when you when you're thinking about having compassion for yourself, you have to put that in terms of emotional eating. Um, afterwards, I often feel like, oh my god, I just emotionally ate so many chips and salsa, like, I'm, I I feel so full now, I don't even want to eat dinner, but if I don't eat dinner, my mom's gonna be suspicious that I'm trying to restrict, so I'll eat dinner anyways, <clears throat> and, um, what I really have to be saying to myself in that time is, I had a hard day. I took it out on some chips and some salsa or, you know, some Oreos or whatever. And I'm going to move on with my life now because I can't and will not. And, and, you know, I can't undo what I just did. I'm not going to barf it up um, because that's also an eating disorder that also deserves a lot of attention. And anyways, I guess you just need to upsell compassion and just remember to be kind to yourself. Okay. This is kind of my own mini therapy session. Thank you for listening. That's what's going on in my brain at the moment. See you next time.